Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. Today is the 25th of April, 2012. It is episode 55, which is halfway, sort of, to 111, which is just random numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, absolutely. Anyway, so oh, I'm look, your host, Gary. Already. <laughs> I'm your host, Gary Lon, or an host. I always say your host. I'm the only host. You guys aren't hosts. That's this fine. is my house. Yeah, you're hosting us. I'm hosting my house. We're like parasites. <laughs> Exactly. So I'm Gary Lawn, and with me are Greg Perrine. Hello. <laughs> and Donna Swafford. Yeah, I'm looking for some of that hot lava on lava action, so. Yes, right. <laughs> and with us this week is Teacher Mike. Hello. Teacher Mike, yay. Yay. He came prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Better than the rest of us. And he has a fuzzy, fuzzy head. Mm-hmm. What we got for birthdays this week? Well, we have a birthday uh, that is um, 1989, April 25th, and um, I do apologize for butchering this this uh, pronunciation, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Gidhun Choki Nyama. Okay. Sounds like something you need a shot for. Yeah, no, no one's connect, uh, correcting me or not. Um, um, <laughs> what we're supposed to correct you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Looks right to me. <laughs> Uh, he, um, this little guy, who's apparently a little older now, um, was... He's a llama. Yes, declared on <laughs> the... So, he trudges <laughs> in these mountains? Is that what you're saying? I think so. He's woolly, yes. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, there's only one L. He is a Tibetan Is llama. he a wonder llama? <laughs> like from the beginning of Monty Python? No, a lot of people wonder about him. Ah, because he on May fourteenth, nineteen ninety five, the Dalai Lama, who's kind of the guy with the robe, and everybody loves him because he is so right. cute. And you, and can, old, you can buy him uh, likenesses of him at the Toys R Us. Exactly, declared that. Um, uh, <laughs> the Dalai Lama Nyama <laughs> declared that he was the eleventh incarnation of the Panchen Lama. Which is a par- ah the punchin the rock'em sock'em robot llama <laughs> also available at Toys R Us or AdamEve.com. That's right um, the uh, the rock'em okay, sock'em. Okay, if you're buying a llama at AdamEve.com, yeah, an inflatable llama. Well, yeah, you know, I love you. you. You know how they have little baby Jesus butt plugs? Maybe they have ones made for the Dalai yeah, Lama for, for other for other uh, religious figures. Yeah. Why not? Why why right. limit blasphemy just to Catholicism? Three within three days of him being de- uh, this kid being declared at six years old as the eleventh version of the Panchen Lama. Eleventh version, or reincarnation, reincarnation version. Uh, you know, he came. They have a little stamp, a little stamp. 11. behind his behind his yeah. left ear. It had eleven. He, he was declared the eleventh Panchen Lama after David Tennant decided he didn't want to do it anymore. Oh, sure, oh, sure. That makes perfect sense. So within three days of being declared the Panchen Lama, the um, authorities of the People Republic People's Republic of China de- uh, detained him, and nobody knows where the hell he is. 
And this is, so that's some 17 years ago, and um, apparently they've got him, according to them, he's... In a way, in a secret compartment. Apparently he's perfectly ordinary Tibetan boy in an excellent state of health, leading a normal, happy life, receiving a good education and cultural upbringing. He is currently in upper secondary school, and he measures 165 centimeters in height very important to know, is an easygoing nature. He studies hard, and his school results are very, very good. He likes Chinese traditional culture and has recently taken up calligraphy. Which is amazing, because he's dead. Well, maybe. His parents are both state employees, and his brothers and sisters are already working at a university, so stop asking. The allegation that <laughs> he disappeared... Say, state employees, he means held in a detention center. <laughs> the allegation that he disappeared altogether with his parents and that his whereabouts remain unknown is simply not true. Unfortunately, this doesn't actually answer any questions of, is he alive? Do we have pictures or anything like that? So... They're um, going to send up a Facebook page soon. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that definitely marks off no superpowers there. Probably yeah. not a world-destroying <laughs> incarnation. Yeah. Quite possibly not. But what, uh, the reason why I brought this up as a skeptical birthday is not just that he's a religious figure, but because the show... The, the reason why he got detained is the Chinese government doesn't like the Tibetan Buddhist system. They want to kind of control it so that it can be propaganda for them and not... Sure, push and, and, for and it Tibetan helps, independence. It helps to kidnap a, a child. I mean, that's yeah. that's good PR right there. Well, it's not just <laughs> helping to do that, but also the Panchen Lama apparently is the one who declares who the next Dalai Lama is. Oh. So, within a year of basically kidnapping this kid, China declared its own version of the Panchen Lama, who is now out and about today, and they hope... Even though there's lots of controversy, they, 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 they what they they, want they, their they guy. hope that somebody else is going. Oh, yeah, anyone will do. You yeah, just give yeah. Him a no, name. no, it, it really was that because they picked his name out of an urn. Oh well, I mean, was it a holy urn? Uh, it was apparently a holy golden urn or something. Apparently, oh well, that's an older Chinese emperors used to do Are this. Sure it's it like Hogwarts. Too many questions all at once. I didn't know if it was a chamber pot, and what was your question? It wasn't a question. It says like Hogwarts. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. It's like the Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. That's disgusting that we know that. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. At least we didn't mention anything about sparkly vampires. Ooh, that's a good question. Does he sparkle? (laughs) I don't know. No one has seen him in 17 years. Well, what about the new guy? (laughs) I, I, there wasn't much on him. <laughs> so they have, they know more about this other guy who it probably doesn't exist anymore. Well, okay, I looked up the Wikipedia article on the one guy whose birthday it is. Oh, okay. And anyway, so, so, so does this mean reason- does this mean that the the guy that they replaced the ele- is it, he's a twelfth? Are they saying he's a twelfth? Are they no, saying they he's saying still eleventh? The Chinese government says no, no. This is the eleventh Panchen Lama. And the Tibetan monks say, no, no, this other guy's the Panchen Lama, so it's this thing. So it's sort of like the State Board of Education and and their version of reality. Yes. Yes. The reason why I brought it up is the problems of embroiling state with religion and religion with state never goes well, which we have seen in Texas many times. Yes, we have. Uh, And and hilariously, we've seen it recently (laughs) on the Colbert Report. To great comedic (laughs) effect. Yes, our ex 
leader of the Texas State Board of Education, uh, Don McElroy, or McElroy, or however you pronounce it. Now, was he actually a leader? Doctor. Doctor. Doctor McLeroy. McElroy. <laughs> yeah, I think it's McElroy. I like McElroy better. No, that's not right. It's M-C-L-E-R. M-C-L-E-R-O-Y. McLeroy. I think if it's you took e- off the Mick, you'd just be African American. Yeah, doesn't matter. He's a douche. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he's he's don't don't mince your words there, Gary. Let's know how you really feel. He's an entire douche bag. Uh, he's part of a new documentary Is thing. It documentary with the air quotes. Actually, I don't know. Uh, it's called the Revisionaries, and I think it's the fairly revi- against them. The Revisionists. What did I say? Revisionaries. I thought it was revisionaries. I think okay, it's revisionaries. To the no, it's, I printed the damn thing out. It's revisionist. They're wrong. <laughs> Here, it's revisionist again. Oh, okay. Twice okay. in the same article? Here, it's... No, it's two separate articles. Oh, okay. See? Okay. Well... Just because you wave paper at us does not mean it's necessarily... <laughs> yes, it yes. does! Well, you seem like an expert Would to me. Would you like me to wave something else at hey, you hey, to prove hey. my point? You seem Are like... Are you trying to be an expert? Yeah, because yeah, you know, I'm standing up. <laughs> You are standing up to me I'm being saying, an expert. I wonder if wonder if anybody heard my knee crack when I did that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how mad I am. So where were we going with this? I don't remember. Uh, McLeroy. Ma- yeah, Ma- yeah. What was it? On Colbert. Doctor Don making really an ass of himself. <laughs> yeah, not doing a very good job. Okay, of... I don't think that he knows how to not make an ass out of himself. Yeah, True. He's, I mean, all publicity is good publicity. I guess, but he really kind of. As if Texan, Texas education didn't have a bad enough name, he did that on a national uh, platform. Yeah, he was fairly out of place. But it, it yeah. does show when when Colbert first came out, there was this uh, polls going around, and the the liberal audiences kind of got it as being a joke. But then the conservative audiences felt that he was just kind of poking fun at himself, but he's actually really conservative. Uh, and this kind of showed that I think. Don McElroy felt that it was still poking fun at conservatives, but still conservative. But Colbert really zinged him. Really laid into him (laughs) with the. Oh, no, science. Laid into him in a very subtle. Not very subtle. But he he threw his words right back at him, which is really cool. Especially. We walked with dinosaurs thing. Science is a personal choice. (laughs) Right. Um, yes. Standing up to the experts. Yeah, standing up to the experts. You know, the whole thing about, um, you know, through the whole... Science well, by committee. The, yeah. the Thomas Jefferson thing of throwing it back in his face of... McElroy yeah. claimed that Jefferson was a religious conservative, just like him. Just like him. Colbert <laughs> threw at him that Thomas Jefferson cut out all the miracles and made a completely non-supernatural version of the Bible. And how, you know, how can he be... A, a li- biblical biblical conservative if he if he goes through and destroys the inerrant Bible. Yeah, exactly. Which of course, Nakamura came back and said, "Oh, well, he has a different theology." Which what? Then doesn't that make him different? Then that makes him you know? not a religious conservative, just yeah. like him. So he he really uh, showed <laughs> why Texas has gone downhill. And the, uh, since he was leader, uh, interestingly enough, uh, Barbara Cargill, who was the previous leader of the state board of well, education, well, she came in after. Didn't she come in 
So, after McElroy. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, she she came in after Don McElroy, but um, she's no she's no longer the current leader of, of the Texas State Board, but she's running again from Houston. Well, because all of them have to run again. Yeah. Uh, so then that's why I meant by previous is it went on and then Barbara and you can go on the tfninsider.org and they have a it's really kind of cool all of these cities are videotaping their why they want to be on the board of education and asking them questions or allowing them to dig their own graves, uh, graves. and uh she uses the same language that Don McElroy did, stand up to the experts, a liberal conspiracy to ruin our kids. It's really rather disgusting. The reason that we're talking about this, as we mentioned uh, last week, and we'll probably be mentioning uh, the entire year. Besides which, the fact that we're angry and we can make fun yes, of these people. Is uh, <laughs> all seats on the Texas State Board of Education are up for grabs right, in this because election. Because of the redistricting yes, of fif- Texas. 15, 15 seats. So we're trying to get Texans uh, involved and people who know Texans to call their Texas friends and get them involved and have them start paying attention and, I don't know, vote and get some of these nincompoops uh, out of the State Board of Education. I don't mind having conservatives, but having wacko conservatives such as Don McElroy and Barbara Cargill – and and uh, there was something from uh, Cynthia Dunbar this week. Cynthia as well. Dunbar as well. Well, she is no longer on the state board of education. Right, she but is. she kind of pulled in the whole Godwin's Law thing of comparing not teaching <laughs> not teaching creationism was like Nazi Germany. Yeah. She well, really actually said that. And but she's also associated with the revisionaries too. Right? Yes. So right. revisionists. And she no, also no revisionaries. You were. Right. <laughs> Damn you, Gary! You made me screw up. <laughs> um, and it's because I was thinking about Mac, uh, Don McLeroy talking about the evolutionists and the Darwinists. Yeah, he just threw that out as if that's the the big thing. Uh, what, was, what was that in reference to? Because it had to do with with it had it didn't have to do with science. Uh, Colbert says uh, he's, he makes fun of him t- standing up to the experts, and then. Uh, I don't believe you know that you're an expert in teeth. I don't believe the sciences is on cavities. He says, and then he asks him, "Why must we stand up to the experts?" And uh, Don McElroy says, "You know, when it gets to these, or it gets to those good old evolutionists, they would have us believe so much that needs to be explained by unguided natural processes." And frankly, if you look at the complexity of the cell, I am a skeptic. And that last sentence also severely pisses it, me right, off. Right, but, but why does he? He jumps I, I, right I, from right standing up to the experts. Experts to specifically evolution, not about history, not about anything else. And so it's it's very telling. Right. Uh, granted, we already know he's young with creationists and, and all of that. But it's, it's almost a non sequitur. Yes, because he's not, like Colbert was pointing, he's not standing up to people on their expertise on dentistry. Or, you know, car repair or something like that. He's standing up to people on evolution because he doesn't like evolution. And global warming and all of the rest of it. Let's, you know, anything that he doesn't agree with, those experts are wrong. Yeah. New science, I'll call it. And even though evolution isn't new science, but, (laughs) well, neither is global warming, but all the facts are certainly coming in. But it kind of gives a... uh, a pretty good understanding of how Texas has 
changed its standards and kind of really lowered them by removing or diminishing Thomas Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of this just kind of came out in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew that they were voting on it uh, last year or the year before. I didn't realize that they had passed or that the the books were actually going to be printed. Um, and I, I got called this the last couple of days ago by one of my friends who's uh, of similar mind to us. Uh, she's <laughs> a, a skeptic and an atheist. She's a, she's a doctor, and her husband is a doctor, and she has kids in the school system. And she was she called me up because she knew I was into all this. She's like, what the hell? She's pissed off because she found this article that said they diminished Thomas Jefferson. They're changing history. They're calling slavery the golden triangle of slavery rather than calling it slavery. They call it, It's like some economic factor rather than the, right. the horrible and thing that it is. They, you know, playing up McCarthyism as patriotic. Right. Yeah. So they've completely fucked with history and which they've, which they've done with, with the science standards. Well, it comes back to the point where one of the things in Don McElroy said in um, on the Colbert Report was basically the the whole idea that the decisions of what is being taught by um, experts, not by experts, <laughs> by uh, liberal teach. schools, no, by majority vote. Oh, yeah. At the very end of that, he makes a comment about basically majority vote figuring out what's going to be taught. And right. that kind of goes along with that whole idea of, you know, history is written by the winner. Or the it, it is. It, it, but there's also the uh, – there's been a couple of books um, written, uh, psychology books. And I, I'm trying to remember the guy, the guy, same guy who did Blink, but the, uh, the Wisdom of Crowds. Mm-hmm. If you remember that where they, they crowdsource and it turns out that crowds tend to get the – uh, according to the, the books, that the crowds tend to get the, the right answer more more often than individuals. The Wikipedia effect? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, this is uh, about the same time as, as Wikipedia. And they were trying to back that up, which unfortunately... James Horowiecki. Yeah. And I think that entire hypothesis has been fairly well uh, debunked or uh, torn, torn down because he just cherry-picked his data. But... Uh, last week, we, we were talking about uh, one of the, the ladies that's running for, for the Dallas Board, the State Board of Education, and we had mentioned the thing called the Common Core Standards, uh, which she did not want uh, Texas to accept. Now, there are only five states right now that are rejecting, or at least not accepting the standards. Uh, Texas, of course, being one of them, because we know better. <laughs> <laughs> or at least the State Board of Education. Or just want to keep the control. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And from what... Go ahead, Well, Mike. The, that was one of the things that I actually um, had notes about. But the Common Core standards that you're talking about really only falls under issues of English and math. I noticed that too, right. Um, but it's still funny that Texas is one of those going, no, we don't want to go along with that. Yeah, and from what I saw from the Core standards, they're not... Hard and fast rules. They're not telling you how to teach the kids. All they're saying is colleges want kids to know this. This is how you can get there Mm -hmm. given the K-12 system that we have set up. Uh, They're not dogmatic. They're they're not – all they are are just standards. The kids need to know this. 
I don't see a problem with that. Now, they don't cover science. Mm-hmm. They, they don't cover history. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a little bit about social science mixed in with English. And one of the things I did see is they're trying to combine across. Uh, so, like, English, you'd write about uh, uh, historical events or whatever, right. uh, it, it seems. Uh, no, they, they did have yeah, English, yeah, English and math. That's what we're talking mm-hmm. about. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, got, I get science confused with math for some reason, because <laughs> well, there's a lot of math well. and science. <laughs> that bodes well for your schooling career. <laughs> well, uh, uh, math is important in science. You kind of have to do it. <laughs> we, invited, we invited Teacher Mike back, um, mm-hmm. because this is sort of up your alley. And uh, we wow. thought we'd, we'd let was, you do all the work. <laughs> I, I thought you were going an entirely different way with that phrase, but okay. Yeah. Um, up your something. bumhole? Why would I say that? <laughs> I don't know. That's why I was confused. This is one of my issues, and I'm going to say this about the Texas Board of Education. My biggest issue with it is the fact that pretty much anybody can be voted onto the Board of Education. Mm-hmm. It does not require you to actually be an educator. Right, the because they, they have homeschoolers on there. The vast majority of them actually have never been in the education system, so therefore... There's really some skewed views that are going into these policies that teachers have to abide by. Right. But isn't it enough that they care about the education of our children? Yeah. Or at least give lip service to it caring about the education be. of the children? It could be if you're someone who really reads in, reads the, the literature or whatever or just understands that there's a lot to be done here and is willing to listen to the experts. Yeah. Right. But yes, if you've but got an agenda st- going in... Don't right. we have to stand up to them? Mm-hmm. Well, Texas State Board. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good um, but I, I, I focused my research on Obama's education reform, and most of it is in regards to statements that he made during his State of the Union address. Okay. That's where a lot of these things that are that are coming out in the news recently in regards to Obama and national education ultimately goes back to his State of the Union address. Now, there's a lot of changes in regards to what he's trying to do in primary school versus what he's trying to do in higher education. Um, First off, the Common Core uh, State Standards Initiative, because it's actually in regards for states. This is something that they started back in 2009, Mm -hmm. and it's one of the things that they're trying to do to get... um, this issue of standardized ideals in school, right? But this um, this wasn't that the the Common Core wasn't a federal or governmental thing. It was a state driven with uh, the National Governors Association and the teachers and, and such like that. Ultimately, what has come about is that has become the framework for this Common Core State Standards Initiative, okay, which has basically been picked up by Obama's. In the, the Department of Education. Okay. Um, this is what the 45 states have already agreed to adopt the standard of. And so this is kind of how um, the federal government is getting their hands in the major role of controlling what is in education. So okay. there's reasons why these five states have decided to hold out, but the five states that have decided to hold out are very curious. Texas being one of them, I understand we have some strange people here. Uh, the <laughs> we, other we four issues. that stand out are Minnesota. They have issues. Yeah. <laughs> Nebraska. Oh, that's an odd one. 
Alaska. Uh, okay. I can see Russia from my head. Yeah. <laughs> and then Virginia. <laughs> really? Yes, that oh. is the fifth one. California has decided to go along with this, which I kind of find surprising. I'm also surprised that none of these other holdouts are any of the Bible states, the Bible yeah. Belt states. That's what really surprised me when I found that information out. On the other hand, it, it does make sense because if Texas doesn't adopt, the, the textbooks aren't really going to change. Right. And, <laughs> but the downside is, is right now the primary focus is only on math and English, but right. with this later on, others could obviously be snuck in. Now, there are lots of things that he made statements regarding primary school in his State of the Union address that I found quite just mind-blowing. One of the statements, as a quote, was, A great teacher can increase the lifetime income of a classroom by over $250,000. By words, it actually sounds really good, but if you think about it, an average classroom is 25 students, so... 25 students and 250,000 that's only 10,000 over their lifetime which is a couple hundred dollars a year. Still people hear the 20 250,000 like oh that's good. But he increases it, right? It increases. Saying that teacher can help increase the lifetime earning of the students. Huh. But for a full classroom uh their increase is only 250,000 over their life. Right. Good concept if you do the math, really kind of questionable. One of the other things that he said about was he wants to push to end the use of ineffective off-the-shelf tests. Good thing of wanting to get away from some of these really bad standardized tests. The I, kind I of no child left behind kind of stuff? Or is that, that a come, whole another issue? Both. Okay. And they kind of tie in together. He, he is behind the idea of getting rid of no child left behind. But at the same time, the whole idea of bad standardized tests is what he wants to get away from, too. Um, he wants to do innovative, um, cutting-edge stuff. We'll see how it works. Robot testing! Yes. Um, <laughs> now, some of the other things is is his program is called Race to the Top, and the purpose behind it is to replace No Child Left Behind or Nickel B. Um, and as it stands right now, Race to the Top has $4.35 billion to be used as grants for the adoption of these accepted standards. Well, the... Accepted standards is the Common Core State Standards Initiative. Um, so if they decide to go along with that, they can get out of the requirements of No Child Left Behind. As it stands right now, only 10 states have basically earned their right to be away from No Child Left Behind and start earning some of this money. Okay. <laughs> so it, it, it'll be interesting to see what comes along. But one of the big states that has already earned their freedom from No Child Left Behind is New York. So there are a few okay. bigger states, and it is good to see. Obviously, Texas is not part of that yet. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> um, so, I mean, a lot of this is going back into the you want the extra money, kind of got to go along with what we are, we want, and therefore really putting um, the national government, giving them more reins. Right. Um, one of the other things that he wants to change is the dropout age being increased to 18 years of age. My problem with this is it doesn't matter what the age limit is. If somebody's going to drop out, they're going to drop out. Yeah. You're not changing the cause. You're just changing the laws, and that really doesn't help out fixing the source of the problem on why they're dropping out. 
Um, some of the other things that he wants to do is he wants to try and create awards and incentives for keeping outstanding teachers. The idea of good bribes for them, yes, is good, but once again, it, it seems like it, it's not really addressing some of the problems. Yeah, because you, you'd still have to figure out who are the good teachers, and the good teachers not necessarily the ones that are doing well in the standardized tests. Exactly. Um, and last but not least, one of the biggest changes that he wants to do in regards to primary school grades is he really wants to expand high-quality charter schools. He wants there to be more of them. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to pressure the states into lifting what he calls stifling limits on charter schools. Hmm. Okay, that's a bit, what's the word, radical. <laughs> yes. Is that kind of voucher speak? I don't know. I, it's just, it's one of those things, charter schools by a concept are really good, but once again... But they're also kind of for-profit, are they not? Yes. Yes. And so there, there's there's definitely some issues here that that needs to be yeah. There, there's a feeling it seems in Washington D.C. that that businesses are the best thing and government can't do anything and uh, and that's a a result of this. I mean, what we're seeing in for-profit colleges, for example, is that they're doing they're they're doing horrible. Um, right. They're doing they're getting. They're going into bankruptcy. They're not getting good education. The people who go to them, not all of them, but a lot of them, and a lot of them are screwing the government, specifically uh, ex-military people who have all of the all the GI Bill. Mm -hmm. They're just taking the money, and they're not getting a good education. Maybe they should merge with the private prison industry because they're going like gangbusters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you know that actually may be happening because I'm pretty sure they have, you know, Phoenix Phoenix cell version. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, talking about the private industry and stuff like that, and, and so on, actually reminded me of something. I I met a a woman who works for the Dehanis Independent School District, which is out past Hondo, um, which and, is uh, fairly west. Of, yes. of San Antonio. It's well, yeah, a good two hours. One outside. of the big issues that apparently is going on here in Texas right now is one of the shining examples of things for the Texas education system is its retirement fund. That is the one reason why many teachers decide to stay in teaching here in Texas is because the they retirement fund one. is really that good. Huh. Rick but. Perry... And a businessman out of Houston basically want to get a hold of it and basically completely screw it over. Which has, which has not worked in private industry, which is exactly Correct. why uh, car companies, um, uh, airlines, some teachers in other states yes. have no more – a mobile oil corporation. Right. There are no pensions for them. Right. On top of all of this, one of the other more recent changes here in Texas, and this is one of the things I forgot earlier, is Texas is basically in the process of passing legislation to where they can basically drop your pay scale. <laughs> it used to be basically once you reached whatever it is, they couldn't lower your pay. You got at least that. Right. Now it's like, well, we can pretty much play around with how much you get paid however we want. Well, that's lovely. Yes. Okay. Sounds – well, I mean – the whole of Texas is bad that way of just regular old employers can fire you at any time for any reason. Yeah, it's right. a right-to-work state. So 
I, I knew there was a phrase about it. I just, you know, I was so clouded by Mike's have, brilliance that you, I could you, not you think have of the, the actual you phrase. You have the right to work, and you have the right not to work. Right. <laughs> now, his points in regards to higher education, he has flat out said that one of his primary points for campaign 2012 is education. So he's going to be hammering on this for the next oh so many months. Yeah. Um, That'll be good. We'll because see, yeah, of we'll studies, yeah. because of studies, he has said that higher education is no longer a privilege but a prerequisite for all. Um, and I can almost agree with that uh, in some ways, it, it, um, to a point. Because one thing we don't have in the United States is uh, a trade system where mm-hmm. you, once you get out of high school, you start working with, say, a plumber or uh, someone who who makes furniture or whatever. We don't really have that. Whereas, like Germany, I know has apprenticeships, exactly, right? uh, or, or even during high school. You know, you want to do this, and that gives you a trade and gets you income. So maybe you you can decide that you want to become a mechanical engineer and move on. Uh, but without that, you do need. I mean, even, okay, not to work in. At McDonald's, for example, you don't really need a degree to work at McDonald's because mm-hmm. they've dumbed it down so much that you can just press the button. But to, to work anywhere else, you do need some sort of education. And we, they all look at your, you know, oh, did you go to college? You, you know, even a two-year degree at a college, exactly. a junior college. You you really need either ten years in school or or you know, okay, between five and ten years in school. Or you need 10 years of experience, which mm-hmm. oftentimes you have to get – the only way you can get that is through school. And yeah. that's why it's become such a gatekeeper to Or prosperity. back alley blowjobs. <laughs> that <laughs> too. Hey, Dr. Silence. came yes. a little quick to your brain there, Gary. Yes. No wonder you got into grad school. <laughs> yeah, wait till you see how much I'm getting in loans. Yes. <laughs> Can I get a better rate on my loan? No. Well, how about this? Nob, 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 nob. Exactly. Anyway, sorry, Mike. It's, it's all right. <laughs> one of the one of his other key points in regards to education in his campaign is basically by 2020 he wants to have the U.S. having the highest share of college graduates. Which he is this? Is this Obama or Perry? Obama. Okay. Uh, all most of all, all pretty much everything that I'm trying to talk about is. National. Obama and okay. national and how it's affecting education as a whole. Okay. Um, the the couple Texas things was because I forgot to add them in when we were originally talking about Texas. Okay. As long as I'm confused, I assume our listeners are confused. Yeah, I apologize. Um, Don't apologize. He's just dumb. <laughs> well, it, it gets worse. Um, so he does have... The race to the top program for higher education, just like he had it for primary school. The race to the top program is a $1 billion incentive program. And includes beer pong. Yay! (laughs) But this is to go to colleges for specifically in regards to affordability and completion program. Basically, the way that you get this money is if you try to keep your school at an affordable rate and the more people that you can get to graduate. Because as it stands right now, the graduation rate, I think, nationwide is barely like 55%. Yeah. 
it, it's pretty atrocious. Of people yeah. who go to college and, dro- Start, and drop yeah. out? Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah. not just, you know, 45% of culture doesn't go to yeah. college. It's more than that. But it's, of it's, the people who try to go to college, only 55%... Are graduating. are graduating. The rest of them basically drop out their first year because they become or, drunks. Or whatever, yeah. It, it, no, not necessarily. I mean, I, I dropped out from music school simply because I got really pissed off at the professors and I had an opportunity to, you know, play in a band and do all kinds of... There's, there's all kinds of reasons to drop out, not just because you're on drugs. But right. most the time. Okay, granted, so, I went to a very liberal college, but most the time. Yeah. Right. He, one of the things that he also said in his... State of the Union address or in follow-up speeches, because, like, right after State of the Union, he went to, like, I think Michigan, University of Michigan. And one of the big things he said was issue of reining in colleges. And basically what he wants to do is try and get them to control their tuition to make it more affordable so that bigger portion of people can go and get this education that they need. Problem is, he, he what he has stated is very weak methods to try and control tuition costs. And one of the things that he has also basically mentioned is trying to cut federal funding, federal funding to poor cost-to-value ratio. Basically, if you're paying this much money and it really isn't going to get a job anyway, then this is obviously a school we don't need to give money to. Right. Uh, sort of like uh, a New Horizons sort of thing where they're heavily overpriced for the lack of training that you get. Right. University of Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Degree firms. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So it would be better if you really got a degree at the University of Adam and Eve dot com. Yes. <laughs> or go really go to an in like a standard university, you know, that's giving online courses, for example. Which well, would be not even that, because even then he's saying that there's a lot of them that their tuition is way blown out of well, yeah, as I mean, compared to what well, you're let's, going let's to get talk from. University of Texas or, or University of Texas San Antonio versus uh, Southern Methodist University. I mean, it's private college versus public college. Most public colleges are fairly inexpensive. And I'm, we're talking relatively. Yes, relative. But certainly in Texas, because oh, it used to be fairly inexpensive, but because Texas used to give money to them, but apparently education is not a priority for Perry. Yes. <laughs> um, one of his other programs that he's tried to put into place for higher education is called First in the World, and it is actually a competition for colleges, and it's only $55 million that is in this one, but the way that the money is earned is being a model for innovation and quality in regards to basically being processed and the whole getting into college. It seems funny to me, and the amount of money that's going into it, not a whole lot. Kind of nickel and diming. Yeah. But maybe... The there could be something said for trying out a bunch of different things at a little bit of money, seeing right. what actually sticks and what makes a difference, and then upping that. Right. And, I mean, I understand getting into college and the whole process, you know, not even going to classes can be painful and mind-boggling. So I understand why it doesn't seem like the best way of going about it. Here's the big one that really just boggles my mind. Pell Grants and Stafford Loans are in the control of programs like FAFSA and, and yeah. so on. He's talking about trying to give that control over to the individual colleges. Hmm. Because if you get money for a Pell Grant, you get money for a Stafford Loan, you decide where you're going to go use your money at. Yeah. At this point, it's basically you're choosing to go to this school and hope they give you enough money to get done what you need. Yeah. 
That bothers me. But the only me. people that, that works out for is football players and basketball players. Engineers such as right. myself and anthropologists. anthropologists tend to have to pay every single fucking penny. Exactly. <laughs> now, however, on that note, one of the things that he is trying to do is he's trying to keep low student loan interest rates. He's trying to keep them... Um, that's at a big much right smaller now. percentage, yeah. which is kind of a good thing. He also wants to try and double up work-study jobs that are available to try and help offset some of those costs, help pay some of that back, what have you. Um, one of the other programs that he's trying to put into place is called the pay-as-you-earn, and that might go into effect within the next couple of months, where it actually caps your repayments at 10% of your monthly income for paying back your loans. But the problem is a lot of people who are graduating have all these loans are not getting into the jobs that are, makes it effective to repay what they have accrued already. Yeah, and that would make it difficult to tithe as well. Right. Now, <laughs> last but not least, okay. and I, I know I've run on a long time and I apologize. You son um, of a bitch. I'm trying to get Selfish. you a lot of the key points. Um, Condoleezza Rice and um, what is his name? Uh, Dick Cheney. No, um, no, Ted Nugent. No, Richard Simmons. There's another guy, and I can't, I can't find his name right now. But Condoleezza Rice is part of this task force out of New York, um, where they are trying to evaluate education in regards to national security. They basically just last month gave their report and basically have stated the fact that um, our education is putting our national security in jeopardy. All of these things. Um, well, in certainly in the graduate and PhD program, that's absolutely true because we have a lot of foreign uh, nationals coming over here to go to college. Mm-hmm. And guess who's paying for it? They aren't. Mm-hmm. The the countries they come from, for the most part, are paying yeah. for it. Right. And it, it went on to talk about how the Department of Defense estimates that you know seventy five percent of young Americans are not eligible to serve in the military. Thirty percent score way too low to even be recruited because they can't pass the ASVAB. And I I remember there were stories during the, especially the beginning of the Iraq War, that they started lowering standards as they went along. And still, people can't pass the standards. Yeah. Yeah, So (laughs) I took it. It was easy. Your your discussion of people coming to realize that um, poor education is really a national security issue. It also ties back to what we're talking about with the the Texas State Board of Education being anti-science, anti-evolution, in that we were talking last week about Clarence Darrow from the Scopes trial, whose birthday it was last week. Um, After Many years after the Scopes trial was a victory for creationists, when the United States started getting into the Cold War with Russia, they realized we need to have better science because... It's a national security problem with this, the Russians getting better than us. So Again, because we it, had it during World War II. Right. So right. It, 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 it's one of those things that maybe some of these people on the conservative side, realizing that bad education is a national security problem, can re- lead to, and also a bad economic problem in that we don't have the doctors and professors who can do that next big iPhone innovation. I know you hate Apple. Don't worry about it, Gary. No, no, no but I, I, I'm dis- because all of the innovation that they're talking about on all of the science and the, the push for education always happened during war. That's why we had the the uh, the, the bomb. Richard mm-hmm. Simmons. Yes. We, we, had, we had the bomb, and then after that, then we had the, the Cold War, and we had, oh, sorry, then we had going to the moon, mm-hmm. which was the Cold War, 
mm-hmm. and then we had the, the the spy technology. So all the drones now. All, all the drones, and now the drones, and now we've come to a point where there's we've got everything that we need. And hopefully there's not going to be another war where they're, oh, well, we need more more technology. I may be overstating the case, but all all the innovations and all of the education that they pushed for was always because of war. And they being the, the conservatives? Well, just the United States in okay. general. Oh, well, I, I only have one statement to make about that. Science is a personal choice. <laughs> um, Good point. <laughs> Touché. Two, uh, a couple more quick points off that Condoleezza Rice thing. This okay. is what makes it very interesting. Basically, the task force said that we should go ahead and support the Common Core State Standard Initiative. Huh? Imagine that. Um, because of the fact that you know the American dream is on the verge of collapse. Um, one of the other things that they're, they're trying to do is trying to give more school choices to students so they're not stuck in dropout factories. Hmm. Guarantee you'll hear that a lot over the next several months as well. Um, because we're going to write that down. Uh, that'll be uh, yeah, uh, 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 what's it called? Buzzword bingo. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and you know they're trying to do a readiness audit to see if students are learning national security skills like foreign languages and computer programming. Because one of the things that has come up several times in the news recently is, are we ready for cyber attacks? Hmm. I have antivirus. So. <laughs> And most they, companies are more worried about things like anonymous. Exactly, and that's cyber attacks. And cyber attacks yeah. than they are from just standard guy walks into your office and steals a laptop, uh, yeah. you know, espionage. Well, they, they, they should be a little bit frightened of uh, uh, anonymous, and that's the that's kind of the point. It does keep them honest. Like, like they say, you know, the government should be afraid of its people. And, and that's why it's hacktivism and not just assholes right. trying to go out for dollars. Right. And and the, the whole thing about the anonymous, as far as I know, is they are deep into the whole IT infrastructure, which makes it uh, dangerous to really <laughs> get, you know, because they know how everything works. But the one thing that we have over... The, the rest of the world is the majority of the servers where the Internet goes through are in the United States, and they're run by the United States. Now, of course, you've got server farms elsewhere, and other shit can happen. But a lot of it, the good majority of it right now goes through uh, server farms. We're number States. one. We're number one. Yeah. We're and number CERN. one in <laughs> server farms where nobody actually works. They just sit there and... <laughs> is, isn't, that, isn't that a, a thing on Facebook, server farm? No, I'm sure. Serverville. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. No, it's, it's server wars. Server wars. Okay. Uh, I'm sure. That's all the key points that I had. I mean, like I said, I know it's a ton of information, but I'm... it is. But we're going to be covering education and and such like this. I think for for a little bit because there's uh, it's an it's important. And there's the, the big question that I hope to answer in the next couple of weeks and, and further on is what can we do about it? Not just talk about on the podcast, but what are good organizations that we can you can give your money to because you can't be on the school board or, or run for Congress or whatever. Texas Freedom Network. That, that's <laughs> certainly one. Uh, National Center for Science Education. Besides that, what can, who can who can you support that will actively work to change the standards because i don't know if texas freedom network is doing anything other than calling attention to it i don't know i'm i'm working to find out we'll find out we'll find out for you and then we'll put it on the blog and the whole thing okay next time on the skeptic so thank you so much teacher mike for for that very informative and rousing discussion (laughs) thank you for having me (laughs)
And for more rousing discussions, go to adamandeve.com. Absolutely. That's arousing discussions. Eh, close enough. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's move on to... Uh, this is sort of what, what Mike did. He sort of forensically took apart... The I have no idea oh. what I'm saying. Obama's uh, yeah okay. What do you got, Donna? <laughs> what do I got? <laughs> Recently in the news, there's been a lot of talk about shoddy forensics, and you know, CSI, Bones, all of these shows portray forensic science as this hardcore scientific. You know, we'll get our man. And have cut and dry, black and white kind of. It's you know you enter a fingerprint into a program, and 30 seconds later. It, it pops out a name. And one name. One right. name. The problem that nobody ever talks about, and this is... Is that how cartoony Bones plot lines are becoming? No. Okay. Is that in actual forensic science, it's based on a, on a likelihood. Um, when you see on CSI and it pops up the fingerprint with five spots, that's probably going to match 3,000 people. <gasps> Really? Yes. Now, that's in a nation of 300 million people. Right, but, you know, not everybody's in the databases and everything else. I'm willing to bet your fingerprint would match about probably 2,000 people in San Antonio if you went with a simple five-point match. Okay. See so you in jail. It's, it's better for... Uh, things like fingerprints are better for discounting a suspect rather than saying, yes, you are definitely right. someone Unless who did you it. start getting into the eights, nines, and ten points... Which most people are not going to do. And that's not allowed in basketball. Exactly. Same with <laughs> Yeah, I don't forensic, know what I was saying either. Same with Football, forensic, would that be a better metaphor? Sure. Okay. You know, the same goes with hair analysis. You can take a hair analysis, probably from the both of you, I know people who would match them up and say... Um, uh, yeah, I know, he has very little hair, but there have, has some. He's pretty clean shaven. Yeah. Yep. Um, fairly hairless. I don't need to know how hairless you actually are. No, just naturally. Do the carpets match the drapes? So, Donna, continue. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now, as science has progressed, and we see a lot of DNA evidence and everything else, DNA is pretty conclusive. I mean, it is not a 100% conclusion. It is a a 99.97%. Or it will exclusively rule somebody out. These cases that are dating back into the 80s, 70s, and 60s, where people are sitting life in prison or on death row. Or have already been executed. Or have already been executed. People are now starting to go back and looking at the DNA. And here's the catch. If a prosecutor finds out after somebody's been convicted that thanks to progress as to science, that this person isn't the actual one who did it, they have no obligation to tell the defense. Which is why uh, Texas has killed innocent people. Yes. <laughs> Yay, Texas. But, I mean, all forensic science is based on this ratio thing. I mean, it, as a forensic anthropologist, there are so many things in there that can change how I would make an identification. Um, and even the, the scientific programs like Fordisk, which is considered the best forensic identification program, you can put in, say, you put in your measurements and you say, I think this is a female. It's going to pop up something different if you say you think it's a, it's going to pop up a totally different 
region of area that this person probably came from, whether they are, you know, African, Asian, Ainu, you know, Filipino, all these different things by changing one thing. Fortisk has an occurred. So this is what I'm saying. Forensic science is science light. It's it's right. incredibly subjective. Right. So that the you know, we've known for be. 20, 30 years that hair analysis is an imprecise method of comparison. Right. It really didn't start getting used until the 50s, and now it's not being used that much. Right. So even back then, we should have we should have known better, knowing how subjective it can be. The same analysis should have been farmed out to two or three different places to say, all right, do all three of these places agree that this is a match or not? Yeah, but that you know, takes or, time and money. I mean, it's I, just on the the other day, I, I heard about uh, I can't remember the, the particular crime, but they were doing Richard Simmons. Is he a crime? In some <laughs> but, places, but he doing is. Doing him is. <laughs> but but they were but they were doing uh, a polygraph test on the people on on the people that they thought were involved, and we know that polygraph tests are not at all no, accurate. I, it's just a pseudoscience. And but you know they glom onto this this thing and they hold it for all they're worth until it's I don't know what the generation that likes it dies right <laughs> it's the same with polygraph it's the same with handwriting analysis <laughs> astrology <laughs> um, in addition you know the TV shows there is now a thing called the CSI effect TV shows have had an incredible effect on how jury trials are happening now because they see what happens on CSI. They expect you get a break in. They're expecting DNA. They want, you know, this conclusive thing. They want the science to come out, but what they're looking for is, you know, they're looking for Gil Grissom to come out and say, he did it. Yeah. But even though there are cases when they're not getting, 100% 100% certainty from the actual science, but the prosecutors portray it as, as if it was. Right. And even sometimes the quote-unquote expert testimony from FBI people or whatever, it sounds like they will portray, they will talk about their own, say, error rate as saying, oh, I've only missed a couple in 10,000 analyses that I've done, where they're just pulling that figure out of their ass, but it makes it sound like, I can't make a mistake, so believe me. Yeah, right. the, the expert wits, witnesses are, are as much a problem. Right, and that's, you know, eyewitness testimony is considered the most valuable testimony out there when it is, in fact, no. the most unreliable testimony. It's the same, I mean, don't get me wrong, forensic scientists, for the most part, are pretty honorable. They're trying to do their job and everything else. But if people are not keeping up with technology, if the court system is not keeping up with technology, and technology is proving that there are innocent men who have either been murdered by the state or are sitting in jail, or right. But this, but this goes back to the the whole education thing we have, uh, which we were talking about uh, off offline. There's so much information that people need to know. Uh, l- uh, lawyers and judges, they do not have the expertise, so they have to depend on the prosecutor and the defense to bring in people who they have. But the the problem that we have right now, I think, with the 
the whole system is that it's not about truth. It's about winning. Right. Right. Now, that's a completely separate issue. Right. Uh, and I, I'm throwing it out there. We don't really have time to get right. into it. And so I, I hate to do that. But the judge doesn't have really the time to, to know all about this stuff. Right. Where you had great it, cases like the Dover case on trying to teach creationism in schools where people like the National Center for Science Education, they brought in these great experts on biology to explain to the judge, give him a science lesson on why creationism and intelligent design is bad science. Right. That's a very rare case that they can get that much of a response, uh, full court press <laughs> right. of these are full-on experts and we have are taking the time to explain to you why irreducible complexity is complete bullshit. Yeah. And all right. that. And, and all of that takes money. Yeah. It's money and time. And, and time is money. <laughs> the other thing is, is that... You I'll, should write that down. That's pretty profound. Time, time is money? Yeah. Money is time is time. Is, yeah. Okay. That's the other nice. thing is, is that some of these so-called forensic experts are getting their certification via degree farms. Uh, do you think they're getting student loans for those? <laughs> Probably. Um, I know several people. I mean, for me, I had to have the background check. I had to be fingerprinted. I had, to, I mean, full on, you know, six months worth of investigation in order to continue with my studies. There are people out there that are not held to that standard. But, I mean, yeah. I'm certified by American Forensic Society in addition to the AAPA. So, I mean, I've, I've got the little credentials that, but I mean, people can go to fucking whatever these degree play. I can't. Forensicdegree.com. No, there's, <laughs> ITT Tech offers yeah. forensics now. One of the interesting things about the discussion we've just been having is that to a certain extent, you kind of have to sometimes stand up to the experts <laughs> and say, Okay, you have just said that, okay, maybe not so much with the hair analysis anymore, but maybe still some courts do this, where they say, I am a hair expert, I came in, I am sure of this, and there's a certain extent that you have to stand up and say, really? That's okay, questioning the expert. That's not just naysaying against the expert. You're right. making the expert explain themselves and uh, defend their, their conclusions. Right. And the data. But, I mean, if you have a prosecution who has their forensic hair expert certified out of ITT Tech versus the defense attorney's expert who is certified via AFS, American Forensic Society, I know where I'm citing, you know. But a layperson on the jury may just see two experts. Right. Exactly. And, And that is why I believe that all experts who testify in court should be, once again, fully vetted as an expert. I agree. I'm all for standing up for the experts, standing up against the experts when the experts aren't actually experts. (laughs) But even, but there were even people at the FBI who were fully trained in this hair analysis stuff in the 80s and 90s, who were actual experts Experts in the field. But are not, I would not say they are necessarily experts now. But they were then. They were. And, and there was a, there should be a certain amount of standing up to them back then that there wasn't when we knew that the science was not as black and white conclusive as it was portrayed in court. Right. Hmm. And then people died. 
But like I said, I mean, that's my big thing is watch your TV shows. It's that is not how it is done. Okay. Do not let that vision of the guy popping in, you know, the the fingerprint that he's taken from a photograph. Of an iPhone or something. <laughs> right. Picture of a photo. Yeah. And, you know, comes up with this, you know, oh, look, da-da-da-da-da match in, you know, 3.2 seconds. That is not reality. Yeah. And an example is, I, I mean, Bones. Bones is, it is a good show. They try to do some really good science, but it is portrayed in a very bad way. Bones is one of the worst because, I mean, when she sits there and looks at it and goes, well, it's a man aged 35 to 45, African-American who played tennis. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. What they didn't show was her eight hours with a fucking set of calipers and a notepad making <laughs> notes and then 28 hours in the office running statistical analysis. They don't ever show that. They just That's show her boring. walking up and going, Bleh, you know. <laughs> Bullet analysis and everything else. This is all a spectrum. It is a likelihood, not hard black and white science. And it's not caused by vaccines either. <laughs> no, it's not. Ba-dooms. Have you ever been called to be an expert witness? No. Okay. In your experience, knowing people who probably have been called as expert witnesses, how often do you think they actually portray things of there is an 80% likelihood that this bullet matches the gun or the ones how, that, how often do they actually the present The ones things? that I know who are like, I mean, friends of cancer apologists, they are the ones that will say the likelihood of that. This body that we dug up in the desert is John Doe, Billy Bob's Joe Ray Smith. They will say it is a likelihood of, they will not say conclusively, unless they have the DNA evidence to back it up. The scientists that I know are always going to be willing to say, I don't have the DNA to prove it. This is what I believe. This is my statistical analysis of. So it seems like the solution in general, besides kill all the lawyers, like Shakespeare said, um, is... More education. More education for, for lawyers, for judges, for the public. And for forensic experts. Forensic experts, I really believe, need to have a certain amount of continuing education and training in the latest and newest methods. And I do believe that the court system needs to be reevaluated in that if a prosecutor is presented with evidence that says, this guy didn't do it, he should should be legally obligated or go to jail himself. (laughs) If he doesn't. Right. Hand that evidence off to the defense at least. Right. Does, regardless of what they plan, they aim to do with that. Yes. I, I believe that that is a terrible, absolutely miscarriage of justice. I understand that these people were convicted under the best science at the time. But science is always expanding, science is always growing, and science is always changing. And so keep up with it. <laughs> a lot of times the the cases that are highlighted in you know, oh we found the hair analysis was wrong when we did DNA checks, it we it got overturned. Most of the times those high profile cases you hear about, the hair or the incomplete bad 
1980s DNA analysis was the only thing right. that proved the case, where most of the time, maybe there was a bad hair analysis expert in the 1980s. Most of the time, there was also the bullet. There was also the bloody footprint. There right. was the... There and was all this other evidence that made not every case rest on one piece of evidence. And that's another problem in our legal justice system, that it can rest on one that's eyewitness, right. one piece of and evidence. And that is why the work of people like Barry Sheck with the Innocence Project out of Cordoba University is so important. You go, Sheck. Hey, I mean... a movie uh, about you being a green ogre. <laughs> I, I am a... I am... Barry Sheck is one of those people that really does believe... In that justice is not this court-approved method of revenge. He really believes in protect. You know that people are truly innocent until proven guilty, unlike the court of public opinion, which is guilty until you're proven innocent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and if we didn't have people like Barry Sheck out there, who really did start this revolution in going back and looking at cases and saying science hasn't kept up. Let's see if these people who claim they're innocent are lying. Let's let's prove it. You know, that's just crazy because then you would impugn the word of the prosecuting attorney and and well, the the problem is is that prosecuting attorneys, prosecuting attorneys and police have they're protected by a system. They they don't have a make them feel bad. Good. I hope and they you feel might, bad. And you might expose the fact that they railroaded someone into jail because they thought or they did it. Or to a needle. So Texas. the moral of this entire hour of conversation has been more education good. Yes. More education good. Uh, I don't and, understand. And porn better. Learn learn good. Learn porn good. Porn is better? Tell us how porn is better. Because mm. I'm not following you. I'm sorry we don't have time for that. Oh, very sad. But we we do have time for is the lightning round. Lightning round. All right, so lightning round, Donna. Donna, I am your host of the lightning round this week. Lightning round. This is where we take our favorite subjects, ones we didn't really get a chance to talk about, or ones that we've deemed that are not really appropriate for our long segments, and we bust them down to ninety seconds, and we just go for broke. And Yay. so tonight we will start with Gary. Tell right. us what's up. Well, I found an interesting article, once again in Scientific American, about, Richard titled, Simmons. Why Light Touching Can Double Your Chances of Getting a Date. And they had a kind of an interesting... Getting a date or getting laid? Getting a date. Oh. Which can lead to getting laid, but it really didn't test that. What they did is they sent a couple of guys out... And basically, they would say something like, uh, hi, my name's so-and-so. I just want to say that you're really pretty. Uh, I have to go to work, but I was wondering if you give me your phone number. I'll phone you later, and we can have a drink together someplace. And um, the woman refused. They, you know, they'd go on. And if they, the woman said yes, then great. They would tell them, oh, this is a social experiment. We were just trying to, to see you know, what was going on. And what would they would do? Well, I thought you were raising your hand. And what? But what they would? The difference they would do is 
some women they would just go up and ask them, and other women they go up and, and lightly touch them on on the arm or the, or the shoulder, and they got a ten uh, percent kick up from uh, projections <laughs> from uh, non rejections non rejections uh, from girls actually giving them when they they touched uh, them uh, lightly on the on the the shoulder, and so if you Want to improve your chances, get a little bit close, unless you get really creepy. Now, this is light touching, not heavy petting. Also probably depends on where you're doing your light touching, because if the light touching is on the eyeballs or the breasts or the crotch, yeah, not going to get you a date right off the bat. Yeah, not unless you're I don't know, she might club. be into that. She might, but generally speaking, out in public, it's better to yeah. go for the uh, elbow. We were or talking shoulder earlier about statistical likelihoods. <laughs> Statistically, it's not likely you're going to get a date. Uh, sorry, it was to the and... forearm, not just to the arm. Specifically, the forearm. Yeah, that's safe. Yeah. Remember that, because you're the one. Unless she knows. You're the one here without it. A... Unless she knows Crab McGraw, and she grabs your hand and rips your arm out. Some guys are into that. Yeah. Well, as long as you get the number, I suppose. All right, who's next? I Actually, I will go next. Um, I have a really interesting article that would make Willy Wonka proud. Apparently, uh, Mischief PR and McVitie's, who make Jaffa cakes, have made the actually first lickable wallpaper, and it is made out of 100, 1,325 Jaffa cakes. It's currently installed in an office building in office buildings elevator in london but they hope to bring it to more locations in the future that just sounds so unsanitary yeah yes. the, the, the follow-up article is a breakout of the flu <laughs> measles right I mean, that's the thing I just i i the the ocd in me just goes it, it, it's funny in a film <laughs> <laughs> but then when you start thinking about the realities of it you're licking okay first of all you're licking it in an elevator yes in an elevator. People fart in the elevators and don't tell you. Yep. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think it is cool, but I would never, ever... Lick. Lick it. Lick an elevator wall. Come on, I, do it. I, I know do, you want to. Lick I have it. done crime scene investigations in elevators. That Those are not healthy places. They're not sanitary. Yep. They're worse and than toilets, aren't you, they? you got to think of just how many kids got sick because they saw that original you know, Willy Wonka movie. Because they started licking the walls. Yeah, now, now scratch and sniff maybe wallpaper. I can see that. But yeah, that's it. That's all I had. I just thought it was kind of cool it, that it, science and fiction are catching up with each it's other. Cool, like the Star so Trek gross. communicator influencing phones. Kind of. Old phones. <laughs> <laughs> you okay. talking about the fact that I have a stupid phone? Yes. Does yours chirp when you open it? No. Not much of a communicator. <laughs> okay, Greg, what do you have for us now? I have the latest news in... Brain freeze! Ow, my head hurts. Yes. Apparently, um, some um, scientists in San Diego wanted to kind of find out what the physiological cause of brain freeze freeze was. And uh, brain freeze is where you either eat some ice cream or have a really cold drink. And the minute or as soon as it hits your upper palate in your mouth, you get this intense headache. And in in doing kind of Doppler tests of, what is it, transcranial, I I thought it said transcendental, transcranial Doppler tests of the blood flow in the brain, they showed that when 
you take a cold drink or have some ice cream that hits the palate, your your blood vessels actually expand in the anterior cerebral artery, and that seems to cause the pain. And then when your um, blood vessel goes back down to normal size, the pain goes away, which is kind of odd to me because I thought, at least in your exterior limbs, when you get cold, all your blood vessels and your veins contract mm. to keep the heat within your, your the core of your body. But this maybe seems to be some kind of defense mechanism for your brain to say, well, just... F- Put more blood through there to carry away the cold so it's evened out or something like that. That's just my, how I'm reading into it. But the thinking this may have some influence on migraine research because migraines can also be caused by blood flow issues. Yeah. So that's brain freeze in tonight's news. Hmm. You're watching television. I just saw the Muppets. Oh. So... It's kind of that theatricalness is stuck in my head. Gotcha. Are you about to break out in song? Silly song? Not Everyone's a little yet. bit racist sometimes. <laughs> That's a it doesn't mean we go about committing race crimes. Hate crime, sorry. Damn it. It's a different kind of puppet, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, there is Muppet porn in that. Okay, come yep, on. Yep, there is. Uh, I believe. It's called Meet the Feebles. Oh, it's uh, Avenue Q. There was a movie. Uh, yes, Meet the okay. Peoples, which okay. is the same thing. It's the same idea. Same kind. Moving on. Moving on, <laughs> Gary. Yes. Science news. There's been a lot of talk about <laughs> the G-spot this week. Actually, his last couple of days. Uh, and the that's just headline, in Gary's bedroom. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> the headline on Science Daily reads... Anatomic existence of the elusive G-spot confirmed, a study claims. And it turns out Adam Ostrzynski, MD, FID, of the Institute of Gynecology in St. Petersburg, Florida, conducted a stratum-by-stratum anterior vaginal wall dissection of... Or that's just what he's telling his wife. Okay, now this is where I got 83-year-old cadaver. It's a cadaver of an 83-year-old, but here they say an 83-year-old cadaver. So a cadaver of an old person. It must have been great. He must have been... Anyway. And he found, like, a small sac structure located on the dorsal perineal membrane... Uh, 16.5 millimeters from the upper part of the urethral meatus, creating a 35-degree angle of the lateral side border of the urethra. And he claims that's the G-spot. So one body, (laughs) one study, and this guy's going, it's the G-spot. Now, there's a lot of controversy over... There's a lot of controversy because not all of women get have an orgasm because they're having vaginal sex. A lot of, most of it's clitoral stimulation, although some people have it doing other things. So I'm thinking G-Spot is still considered a legend. <laughs> is that the G-Spot dinger? It's, yes, it is. No, this is the G-Spot dinger. Where the fuck is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm glad. Wow, that was a 40 in penis. <laughs> That I'm not sensitive. <laughs> well, researchers in at Dundee University, uh, specifically a Dr. Mike McDonald at the Institute for Medical Science and Technology, has apparently invented a sonic screwdriver. Yay! So once Yay! again, we have science fiction or science fiction and science meeting together. Rather fortuitously, that's sort of your theme. 
Yes, I actually had a theme. Um, the, it has been able to use and lift and rotate a rubber disc floating in water. And it's the first time that ultrasound has been used to turn objects rather than simply push them. So it's... So it's kind of like when they were saying they were able to make an invisibility cloak, right. but it wasn't really an invisibility cloak. It okay. was, yeah. But it's... Okay, go ahead. Basically, the experiment has confer- it not only confirms the fundamental physics theory, but also demonstrates a new level of control over ultrasound beams, which can also be applied to non-invasive ultrasound surgery, targeted drug delivery, and ultrasonic ma- manipulation of cells. So, you know, it's... Doctor Who is having an influence in how you get your drugs now. Mike, Mike had a point. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> okay. <Did> it... <laughs> I just remembered some wackiness. That's okay. Oh. Okay, I love you, honey, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Uh, I guess we were done with that. I yeah, had nothing to say we except, all... except for the uh, the next doctor was going to be Grover. Uh, I think <laughs> you you posted that. Uh, that just amused me. Yes. What? <laughs> I want the next doctor to be Helen Mirren. I, I want it to be the uh, that the the weird freaky chick from from the Richard Simmons. He's not even close to being a woman. Yeah. Oh, the Swinton. The weird freaky chick. Yeah, Tilda is it? Tilda. Yeah. The Swinton. Yeah. There was there was an article posted probably about two three weeks ago. About basically, if there could be a female doctor, these would be their top five. No, I read the same one. Yeah, because yeah. she would. Because all of the doctors have been kind of quirky, quirky, and she fits that perfectly. As long as if if you're and going, she's kind of man like. If you're going for, well, quirky, she did do a really good job as Gabriel, the angel Gabriel and yeah. Constantine. Yeah. So as long as if you're going for quirky, you don't don't go for either of the Deschanel sisters, because eh, no. 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 I like I like Zoe. She's worn out her quirkiness. No, she, she was totally nice. wrong for Trillian in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, just she can't do any emotion besides hi. So I disagree. But uh, why don't you go? Well, speaking, <laughs> I was, I was no, getting no, to... I mean, go out. Okay. <laughs> clump, 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 clump. Open door. Close door. Clink. Step, 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 step. Drive away. You, you drive a Prius. <laughs> so it'd be... Fuck you guys. <laughs> All right, continue. Well, speaking of things that piss me off. So, Gary. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Donna, Just for that, I'm going to start Donna. over my yeah, you should probably start over. Dime. Donna, Gary, Gary, Gary Donna. Donna. <laughs> Dogs without leashes. Yes. People making fun of my Prius. Okay. All right, yeah. <laughs> People who don't use their turn indicator when she... <laughs> People who don't keep their dogs on leashes seriously piss me off. All right, Greg, okay. why don't you go ahead and tell us what your next one what is. What pisses you off? What other pisses than- me off completely is um, basically the Vermont House is debating whether or not they should keep allowing parents to to let their kids skip vaccinations before they go into school. Uh Because right now, in addition to the uh, religious exemption 
for getting vaccines, which is total bullshit. They also allow just a general philosophical objection to vaccinations. I'm philosophically opposed to good health and, and everything. And this leads to an argument I had with some people on Facebook who live in the Vermont area. Um, just one of those kind of, someone on the internet is wrong! Um kind of arguments where they were, you know, basically saying that the the government shouldn't tell us what to do with our health and, you know, they're all just motivated by profit and everything. And, you know, yeah. I was... Yeah, so, motivated by profit. And I went back for the whole, like, you know, what, you can't just give me a big pharma argument. You know, these kind of public health problems are a big problem. Give me actual reasons why you would not use a vaccine. And they started, and this one woman started doing this whole diatribe on this one vaccine. They found that there were there was pig liver DNA in the vaccine, and that's why should people people say no to it, like people who are vegans. It's like fuck you. The DNA in a fucking pig is the same as the DNA in a human, and it does not matter in a vaccine. You want to take your mulligan? Yes. You seem like you want to rant. So, so it's essentially you get this article in Fox News, but that's okay. Uh, basically, <laughs> these you've got the CDC people saying yes, this is important. It's good health for everybody, and you get some parents at least who are saying I am going to trust the experts who know what they're talking about. And then you get these stupid, dumbass little hippies saying I'm going to stand up to the experts because I'm all natural and I have raw milk and all that kind of stuff, which we debunked a few weeks ago. Yeah, And they so, eat broccoli. What these people really need to do is go to www.course.org so courseraw.org slash courses slash vaccines. This June, you can take a four to five week uh, course on vaccines from none other than Paul Offit, MD, who is an He's expert big pharma. on an expert on <laughs> vaccines. He works for the Div- Division of Infectious Diseases. He's a vaccine educator. Go and it's a free course. We have a link on our Facebook page. Go like our Facebook page the and then take a look at. You can get information on vaccines, so you can talk to these just. Backwards people who are talking that vaccines are, are evil. Ignorant. Well, all They're I have stupid. to say is, all yes, those people who correct. decide who decide that their healthy children do not need vaccines, fuck you because you put my child at risk. Exactly. My child cannot have the pertussis vaccine. So all of you granola-eating, <laughs> Birkenstock-wearing hippies who are like, ooh, it's big pharma and it's evil and and my child is only going to eat nuts and grains that have fallen from the fucking tree. You know what? (laughs) Screw you. Screw you because you're putting my child at risk. See, I'm not the only person pissed off about this. I got my dogs vaccinated. So did I. (laughs) See, so you, you buy into it. You're part of big pharma now. Yeah. I'm part of big wanting people to live... Healthy, long lives. Well, considering uh, Texas has huge bat populations, and certainly uh, only about 10 miles away is one of the largest bat populations in North America, uh, in the bat cave, ironically. Um, (laughs) I don't want... And I think it's one one in 100 of those have rabies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want my dogs to give me rabies, or get rabies themselves, for granted. 
And that's another thing about dog owners that piss me off. Dog owners that don't get vaccinations. Dog owners that don't put tags or leashes or collars on their dogs. So you don't know if they're a healthy dog or not. Or cats. All right. Yes. Well, thank you for that rant. (laughs) Yes. I I think I needed to expunge that. Purge that. Thank you. No, that's like me. I'm purge. I'm bulimic. I just forget to purge. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, anybody else have anybody? Anybody else? Anybody else else here? Anybody else? There is actually one thing that I want to hear, but it's chickens. Only thing I want to say is congratulations to a coworker of mine, Johnny Luna. He was recently named one of San Antonio's best filmmakers. Oh, right on. So I wanted to say congratulations to Johnny and the gang at the Place to Be Productions. So. Way to go, guys. Yay. And I know this seems a really weird thing to announce on the show, but... You're engaged. You're no. pregnant. No. You're the You're next dying. doctor. And no, I am not Richard Simmons. <laughs> Gary has helpfully reconfigured our blog page, skepticwire.blogspot.com, to include a way that you can click on a link or enter your email address and subscribe to the podcast via feed burner. So if you're one of those people who absolutely hates iTunes and all that that Apple is, you can go there (laughs) and subscribe to the podcast that way. You will be assimilated. I will not. There, are, I'm sure there are other ways to that you subscribe to your podcasts. If there's a pretty popular way that maybe we can do, uh, let us know. Yeah, uh, by... FeedBurner actually has a couple of links to uh, popular podcast uh, uh, conglomerators. Good. So there you go. You can you can do that way. Well, that's the important thing. Tell your friends about the Skeptic Wire podcast. If they hate iTunes, point them to our FeedBurner link. And then tell them to go like our Facebook page. The important thing is that we have more likes on Facebook than we have episode numbers. That's Yay! the that's the criteria I want to go at. Well, as long as, have, as long <laughs> as we have, as long as we have that, we'll All be right. good. Anyway, so thanks for coming uh, came, coming by tonight and, wow. and participating in the, in the podcast. We'd like to thank uh, Teacher Mike for for helping us out this yes, time again. Yes, thank you, Teacher Mike. You will be rewarded for your. Excellent studies later. (laughs) And uh, we'll see or talk at you next week. And uh, like us on the Farce Book. And subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and or wherever you listen to this podcast. And if you see us at a big conference, introduce yourself, shake her hand. What about a small conference? Give us a big hug. What What about? I don't hug. Okay, give Gary and me hugs. Yeah. Gary and I? Gary doesn't look like me. the hugging. No, Gary and me. I'm a hugger. He's a face hugger. Call me a hugger there. <laughs> He's a face hugger with his penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Bye. The Skeptic Flyer Podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Sense the face hugger sticks something down your throat. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs>
It makes perfect logical sense. This is a scientific program. We have to educate people about facehugger penises. I did. Let me try this again. Wait a minute. We didn't talk about porn. Yeah, we did. G-Spot. It's, that's okay, not, it's cadaver that's porn. porn. It's cadaver, that's cadaver porn. porn. That's anatomy. <laughs> Care for a little necrophilia. <laughs> well, congratulations. My name on, uh, is Jack. Na 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 na. I'm a necrophiliac. Na na na. <laughs> wow. All I did was quote the movie Brazil. Okay. <laughs>